0: So what do you need to know about masturbation? Should I do it? If so, how often? Is it healthy for me? Ah, but my religion, it doesn't allow me to do it. Today, we're going to talk about all things masturbation. Let's go. Welcome to the Dr. Gio Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gio, where it is my goal and my intention to help you with your urological function and how to live better with age. Today's conversation is gonna be interesting because it's something that every man does, right? Masturbation. Dr. Gio, I don't masturbate. Yes, you do. Come on, stop it. No, not me, I'm religious. I don't care, you masturbate. I see you, I know you. In my practice, I never ask my patients, "Do you masturbate?" I ask them, "How often do you masturbate?" And that's just conversation. When I'm training even female doctors who are going to be doctors or are doctors on men's health, you ask them. It's just a regular clinical question: How often do you masturbate? And there's many reasons why it's important. We'll talk about that. But one of the things that I want to share with you is the following: If I were to ask you, at what age do you think that males start masturbating? What age? Well, I remember with my nephew when he was 13 years old, right? Before I had like, uh, I currently have a 10-year-old son. So I, I don't know if he's doing it. I haven't, but you know, right around 12 years or 13 years old when testosterone peaks, they're spending a little bit more time in the bathroom, right? So I would say 13, right? What would you say? When do males start masturbating? I give this as a talk in many of my uh, testosterone talks on anything mental. health. It turns out that a paper in 1987, a scientific paper noticed by a group of doctors, radiologists, they noticed that it was a a male fetus at 28 weeks gestation showing that this fetus was masturbating. Now, This is a a scientific paper with images, and if you are super interested, the name on the paper is Sonographic Observation of In-Utero Fetal Masturbation, and there's actually images there, and it reads like this. We have recently encountered a rare manifestation of fetal behavior in utero. The fetus at 28 weeks gestation was observed, grasping his penis in a fashion resembling masturbation movements. And then it shows you two figures. These movements were repetitive during an examination period lasting 15 minutes. To the best of our knowledge, this is the first report of fetal masturbation in utero. (laughs) 28 weeks. And when you look at these images, like, yeah, that's the penis, and yeah, that's a hand grabbing the penis, and it's, well, you can't see the movements. So masturbation has been around forever since the beginning of time and likely since you were in your mother's womb if you're a male, all right? And clearly here we're talking about male masturbation because of course females do masturbate as well. So where I wanna take this is, and this is not gonna be a religious conversation. I am aware of certain religious groups that are against masturbation for religious reasons and I respect that. This is just a more or less scientific conversation and we're just gonna talk about it from a health perspective. All right. Are you good with that? Just from a health perspective. So the age that, other than fetuses, the age where typically kids, and I say kids, start masturbating is around the time of puberty, when they reach puberty, when there's a lot of hormonal changes happening in their bodies, and they are more in tune to their pelvic penile area. And they do tend to spend more time in the bathroom and so forth. And so when females reach puberty, it's very easy to, to know when that's happening, right? Because they come and they say, you know, when my daughters were somewhere on 12 or 13, whenever it was, you know, they get their period. And that's a sign of puberty. With males, they reach puberty. The sign that they've reached puberty is when they have their first wet dream, when they ejaculate during the night and they think, I remember, I mean, most guys that I've spoken to is like, it's a weird situation. You think you peed in your bed and but it's not quite peed. Semen is sticky and you're, you're afraid or ashamed to talk to your mom about it. Happened several times. So that is the sign of when males reach puberty, when they have their first wet dream, right? I find that to be interesting. Those are interesting facts at your next cocktail party. I'm loading you up with useful and entertaining information. So that's that. Not religious. Dr. Kellogg. So Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, the founder of Kellogg's Cereal, was a doctor and a natural doctor. He believed in vegetarianism. He was a Seventh-day Adventist doctor. He had sanatoriums throughout in Michigan, I believe. And he was very much against masturbation. He spoke strongly against it and really shamed people quite a bit uh, over it. So uh, masturbation has been a topic for a long time. Certainly, I know that in uh, Judaism, it's not as sort of prohibited, right? Should you do it? When should you do it? And why is it important, right? That's where we're going with it. All right, you ready for that? I'll give you one seminal paper, and of course that's a pun, there's many puns here. <laughs> that's just <laughs> there's a lot of puns in this conversation, it's very easy to do. 2016 paper comes out following a large group of men with a long period of time, showing, and I believe this is a European Journal of Urology, showing that men who ejaculate 21 times a month between the ages of 20 to 40 years old have less prostate cancer later on than men who ejaculate less than 21 times a month, okay? Now, they did not distinguish between having intercourse and masturbating. They just said men who ejaculate 21 times a month have less prostate cancer later on in life, okay? 21 times a month. That's a lot. <laughs> that that's a lot. And it's probably impossible to have intercourse 21 times a month, I would think, with a partner, because even if you can, as a male, the partner may be like, oh, this is a little too much. Right, right? you I'm I'm getting exhausted here. <laughs> you know, I don't have the stamina you have, right? So I would probably think that there was a lot of masturbation going on during that process. And again, all men masturbate. This is like the hidden secret, which is probably not much of a secret anymore. All men masturbate, right? It's okay. It's part of the conversation. So does ejaculating, by any means necessary, (laughs) does that reduce the risk of prostate cancer? And the reason why that might be the case is unknown, What's happening there? How can that be? Uh, Is it because, you know, when a man ejaculates, really the, the expulsion of the semen comes from the prostate, right? So there's like an exercise component to the prostate that happens when a man ejaculates. Is that the mechanism? Theoretically, maybe. We just really don't know. You know, semen is a very interesting molecule. There's a lot of things in semen, zinc and nutrients. There's also antimicrobial properties in semen, right? So when a man ejaculates, one can argue that it sort of cleans the pipes, right? Is a method of cleaning the pipes, the, the, the urethra, uh, which is a tube that brings out the urine and the semen. Theoretical. I, I would say that would be a decent theory, okay? So there seems to be some benefit there. Now, the other component with masturbation, again, uh, at the sake of being uh, repetitive, uh, I'm not talking religion here. Okay. I'm just talking practical and for health benefits and science as, as best as I, as I understand the science in any way. Practical reasons. Why would a man ejaculate other than health reasons and prevention potentially of prostate cancer? A lot of guys are suffering from premature ejaculation out there right? Premature ejaculation. That's an embarrassing situation for most men and it's just not satisfying. What's premature ejaculation? Where, and really define, so I do get, I do get men coming to my office and say, oh doc, I think I have, you know, Dr. G, I have really bad premature ejaculation. I was like, oh really? Yeah, I don't last long. Really? Okay. So tell me how long you last. I only last about five minutes. Bruh. (laughs) Five minutes. That's an eternity. That's an eternity. So five minutes, lasting five minutes is not premature ejaculation. All right, guys? It's not. By definition, it's really as soon as either before you insert or right at at the point of insertion. And if the man ejaculates at that point, that's considered premature ejaculation. So we're talking 10 seconds, 30 seconds. All right? So if you are a minute man, all right, all right, maybe, all right. If you're lasting two minutes already, that's not premature ejaculation. It's really anyone who lasts between a minute or two or a lot less, right? And there's a lot of components to that. So when between ejaculatory periods, there's a Period called the refractory period, right? So, between one episode in one day, between one point of ejaculation and the second point, is that refractory period, which is the length of time that it takes from one erection to the next. In some men who really have premature ejaculation and are really interested in lasting longer, it might benefit to masturbate before they have intercourse because then that will help them last longer the second time around. Okay. So there's, there's a a practical benefit there, I would say. All right. So there's that. Now, well, Dr. G, a masturbation is, that's not, you know, is it going to interfere with my ability to have good quality sex with my partner? And all good questions. Because what ends up happening is that sometimes the more you masturbate, and that's your main form of, uh, uh, ejaculating, not with a partner, assuming that you do have a partner, then you're going to have some erectile dysfunction. At some point, you're going to exhaust the organ and you're going to have erectile dysfunction when you're ready to actually be intimate with a partner. Dr. Gio, it's always better than being a partner. Yeah, of course it's better to have intercourse with a partner, particularly a partner you love. By the way, guys... I'm going to be a little bit blunt here. There's a difference, and this is not exactly the focus of our conversation, but I just need to put a little seed in your head. There is a difference between having sex or just F-U-C-K-I-N-G and making love. It's a different experience, So a whole different level of connection, energetic connection that happens. I'm not judging you. You could do whatever you want with your life. All I'm saying, from my experience, seeing a lot of guides and giving a lot of these type of talks on male sexual health is there is a huge difference. You have to really know what you're looking for. If you're looking to just having, you know, sex, that's fine. But what I find is there's a lot of men out there who are really looking for a deeper connection and they think they just want to have sex. But when you dig down deep inside, no, you want to actually make love and have good connection. And that feeling, that orgasm in a situation where there's a strong connection is way more deep and satisfying than just doing the physical. I'm okay if you do the physical. I'm not judging you. You do what you want. But I'm just saying that it's beyond just an erection and inserting into people. That's just as an aside. Masturbation. So then if you masturbate a lot and you do have a partner, you're going to find that you're going to have some erectile dysfunction going into that. Some guys some guys are suffering from the opposite of premature ejaculation. Some guys are suffering from delayed ejaculation. Delayed ejaculation? Dr. Gio, I, I, that would be great. I wish I had that. That's exactly... What I would want. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. The guys with delayed ejaculation are frustrated. This means that they're having sex for a long time. Yes, they'll last more than five minutes. And it's just not sustainable. And they oftentimes have to actually go and masturbate to ejaculate after they've had sex and their partner may dry up and things. They actually have to masturbate to ejaculate delayed ejaculation is not a great thing at all, actually. In some instances, when guys are, you know, I don't know, doing many things out there in the world and, you know, probably many partners and so forth. Yeah, you know, I guess there's a fun element to it. There again, I'm not judging in any way. Um, At some point when you are in a steady relationship with a partner, it gets to be frustrating. Be careful what you ask for. Let me take it a step further. Actually, because I'm I'm just getting started here. I feel I'm getting I'm just getting started with this conversation. All these thoughts are coming in. The PD five inhibitors, phosphodiesterase five inhibitors, These are your Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra. Good drugs, no problem if you take it. If you want to take it, fine drugs. A, they're a band aid, so you're not dealing with the cause of ED. But B, and most people are not talking about this. It tends to, in some people, in many men, to numb the nerves around the head of the penis, thus inducing more delayed ejaculation. So that can promote the problem. Again, in some people who have premature ejaculation, if I use one of these drugs, can it help? I actually want to use the drug. Can it help? I don't know. But what I do know is that it can induce delayed ejaculation. It can be very frustrating. So the way p- people have described it to me is that the you know my penis feels like it's not even part of my body. Like I, I do get an erection. I can penetrate and I'm going through the motions, but I'm not satisfied with it. I, I don't feel like I'm connecting. So that's from using any one of those drugs. I think the drugs are great when they work. I think the right dosage matters, so I'm not saying anything against those drugs. I'm just saying that that that's what some people have experienced. And then again, you have to masturbate to ejaculate. So there's the other benefit of masturbation is when you cannot ejaculate during intercourse, then you can masturbate and, you know, reach climax and so forth and let, you know, let go of your of your semen. All right. What is potentially the other problem with masturbating. Potentially, the other problem with masturbating is how do you masturbate? Well, most guys I know, they're watching porn. And porn is easy and accessible to watch. I think that porn is a problem in men who watch it consistently or they masturbate to porn because A, it induces more erectile dysfunction. Why? Because of psychological reasons. You're not as big as the guy who's having sex on the porn film. The kinds of moaning and other aspects of what you're watching may, may or may not be the situation in your own home. Is it the porn or the masturbation? I don't know. But there's enough data and information out there, quality information, peer-reviewed journals, suggesting that porn is a problem. And I've seen porn to be a problem in my practice. Okay? So how you masturbate matters. If it's done through porn, I think that's an issue all right that That's an issue in Chinese medicine, all right in Chinese medicine, which I've studied it is thought that too much ejaculation is a problem and induces erectile dysfunction. And it weakens the kidney yin, the kidney yin. The kidney yin is the energy that is involved in conception and to create babies and to be fertile. And so then when you ejaculate too much, you weaken the kidney yin. That's the life force. Okay, I can see that. The thing is, in Chinese medicine, it doesn't describe how much is too much. So we don't know. Are we talking what? It's too much... (laughs) I know guys, all right, that ejaculate three, four times a day, all right? You may be listening, that may be you, okay? I would argue that that is excessive. (laughs) That's probably more than 21 times a month if, uh, if you do the math, right? I would argue that maybe that's too much. So we don't know from a Chinese medicine perspective. How much is too much? We don't know. So what I tell patients and people typically to do is to try to ejaculate two to three times a week, and I know that doesn't come up to twenty-one. I really don't think that twenty-one times a month is absolutely necessary. Who does this? I want to interview these people, by the way. Who are these guys? I want to interview all those guys that are ejaculating twenty-one times a month. I want to interview you. I like, "Do you work? <laughs> hey, do you work? Are you are you? Do you do anything else with your li- with your life?" So I think that's excessive. So what i found to be helpful is roughly two to three times a week, ideally with a partner. Of course. So some people just don't, don't have a partner. You, you have to be holistic but realistic, right? Some people don't have partners. Some people have partners, but they're not really the, the sexual appetite is not exactly, you know, balanced between the two people in a couple. Sometimes a partner is just not into it. Um there's many re- sometimes the partner is ill or have gone through. Uh, medical treatments, uh, where they lost their libido. There's a lot of real life factors. Yes, ideally, real world, you know, perfect world, you ejaculate two or three times a week, making love, having that energy, all everything is synced in. But you know, that's not reality for many men out there. So, masturbation. Let's take it. Let's bring it home. Takeaway message. Takeaway message is that ejaculating is important. It seems to be an important thing to do. How about men who get their prostate removed or have prostate procedures and they don't ejaculate? Well, then they don't ejaculate. They seem to do fine. There's no reason to ejaculate because they don't have a prostate. So, and men who get their prostate removed or due to medical reasons they do not ejaculate don't tend to have higher risk of any problems, any cancers, any diseases or anything like that so it's not a big deal by the way five alpha receptor drugs these are your tamps those kind of drugs they do cause retrograde ejaculation so what that means is that you you're shooting blanks when a man ejaculates the semen goes into the bladder and then it comes out through the pee get an orgasm everything happens but you're shooting blanks that's that scenario you may still probably get the benefits of ejaculating because it goes in through many of the tubes, except that it goes back into the bladder. The other thing uh, I want to say about that is that men without a prostate who are not ejaculating can still get orgasms. And sometimes they get very intense orgasms because orgasms are controlled neurologically. And why they get more intense orgasms? It seems to be very intense, way more than men without a prostatectomy, without their prostates removed. I don't know. Okay, but that's that. Those are the facts. Important to ejaculate if you have a prostate intact. That scenario, you are in a very nice relationship with someone and then you ejaculate at least most of the times there. If you do masturbate, and again, it's not if most of the times is how often, it shouldn't be a problem and is actually probably beneficial. There is an element of too much being a problem and causing ED and inducing ED, particularly if it's masturbation through porn. But even if it's not through porn, if you do it three, four times a day, like I know people do, that's that becomes a problem. And for some people, that's just a way of relieving stress, right? So you need to find different methods of bringing the edge down a little bit and helping yourself with stress. But, and, but it's a good thing. And yeah, yeah, likely, yeah, likely we've been... <laughs> We've been masturbating since we were 28 weeks old. (laughs) I hope this podcast episode was interesting to you, if not useful. I come with a lot of takeaway messages, so I hope you got that. Feel free to follow me on drgeo.com because there I kind of write things and different tips of how to do things in written form. I'm also, as you know, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, so follow me there. Sign up to the newsletter. This is Dr. Geo signing off. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dr. Geo podcast. You can watch all episodes of this podcast and much more by subscribing to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash Geo Espinoza Nd. If you love what you heard today, you can help by leaving a five-star review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify, as each review helps us reach more men who are serious about improving their urological health and how to function better with age. And for the latest research and actionable takeaways in a world of men's health and integrative urology, sign up for my newsletter at drgeo.com. I'll see you next time. And now for a brief disclaimer, this podcast is for general information only, and we're not forming a doctor-patient relationship through this medium. The use of the information and all links associated with this podcast is at the listener's risk and is not to replace medical advice from a physician or a healthcare practitioner. Lastly, Thoughts and opinions related to this podcast are my own and may not reflect the views of any institution or organization I'm associated with.